Welcome to Bestie Action Packed, a podcast mini-series where a couple of besties sit down and engage in insightful conversation about cultural identity, academic experience, career exploration, and leadership development. These wide range of topics all explore the experiences of first-generation Latinx college students at Georgia State University. Hey, I'm Alba. It's Sarah. Also joining us today is Joshua De Luna. And today's episode will be focusing on career exploration and college students. Today's special guest is none other than Eric Cuevas from the... Hi, everybody. This is Eric. Uh, I'm Eric Cuevas with the Office of Student Success at Georgia State University. Thank you all for having me here. This is, this is so cool. We are so excited to have you today. I feel like we're going to have some really great discussions. But before we get started, we should talk about the movies or TV shows <laughs> that we have been watching. So that sounded way too Yeah, stupid. okay. Before we get started, we can break the ice a little bit, get to know each other a little bit more. Um, we're going to talk about, you know, favorite movies or TV shows that you guys have been watching. Um, I can start. Last night, I was on a trailer, like... A movie trailer binge and Wait, I made a list trailers? movie trailer binge like I started watching a lot of the trailers for the 2021 upcoming movies and one of them had come out like two months ago and I ran to my tv and I put it on it and my god it's called trust and guess who's in it oh yeah I won't guess Victoria <laughs> Justice from Victorious is in it and I was losing my mind because the movie was so bad. Oh, the and it movie's was so already funny. Out? Yeah. <laughs> uh, What's it about? So you were watching trailers of movies that were already out? No. I was watching just trailers of movies. Trailers. Uh, that said 2021. Uh, okay. And then this movie was actually out. And I was like, whoa, I have to watch it. Okay. I have a pet peeve with trailers because I feel like so many of the time, trailers like tell you like the the entire movie from beginning to end so there's no point in watching the movie anymore like it just spoils everything if you want to watch the trust trailer <laughs> it's these the whole movies in that trailer and you think it's not they do a really good job of tricking you and they're like like in the first like 30 minutes to an hour they're like you thought it was going to be about this right you thought this was true and then by the end you're like i was right like you know so if you want to spend an hour and 30 minutes just watching Victoria Justice be paranoid that her husband is cheating on her and he actually is, isn't, and then he is, I'm not spoiling it, but that, no, like that's in the trailer, bro. Like, it's like he isn't and he is, but ooh, a little twist that I actually did not see little coming. Whoa. Um, it's, it's honestly a good time. I'm not going to lie, but it's really <laughs> so funny. you did watch the whole movie? I watched the whole movie. And, and you I, said I could have just stuck with watching the trailer. I really could have. Um, that's not going to stop me from watching all the other movies that um, from the trailer binge I was on yesterday at work. Oops. Not at work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not cutting that out, though. <laughs> so what's, what's the next movie you're going to watch? Um, I want to watch Eat Wheaties. It's a comedy show with... I don't know if you guys have ever seen the show not comedy show, it's a comedy movie um, with who stars, I think his name is Tony Hale. He was in Arrested Development. He plays Buster, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of people in that movie that I know, like Dr. Sam from New Girl, Winston from New Girl. I, I mean, most of them will be from New Girl. <laughs> I love New Girl. 
Um, and that's my next. I don't know if it, it is out. It is out, and I. That's the next one I'm watching. It's based based on the trailer. This man is kind of lonely and isolated, and the next thing you know is he gets on social media and just starts stalking Elizabeth Banks, and then he gets the actress. Yes, like. <laughs> She's not in the movie. She's, she's her actual. Yeah, she's Elizabeth Banks <laughs> in the movie. And she's like, I went to college with Elizabeth Banks. How are you? And he goes viral for being like the weird Elizabeth Banks obsessor. <laughs> oh and that's gosh. based on the trailer. And I don't know how, like, you know, I haven't seen the movie. But I'm going to watch that next. Tony Hale, if you're listening. <laughs> I don't even know if his name's Tony, bro. I, think, I know his last name is Hale. I just don't know his first name. What have y'all been watching? Um, I recently watched. That one movie called, I don't want to butcher it, but I think it's called Minari, which is that, oh. cur- it's that like, um, it's it's based in the U.S., like it's filmed in the U.S. in like Kansas, if I'm not mistaken, but like the whole movie is spoken in Korean because it's about a Korean American family who like buys a farm and the dad has like this dream to like, like have a farm on the land and like the mom is very unhappy because she like wants to move back to California where they're from because... Um, they feel very isolated and the dad's like, no, trust me. Like, this is going to be like great for us. And it was just like a very beautiful movie. Like I cried, loved it. 10 out of 10 recommend. Steven Yeun is in it, right? Yeah. And the grandma is literally so funny. Like she, I love her. Like, I love her so much. And I think she won an Oscar for like that, for the role. She did. But great movie. 100% recommend it. If you haven't seen it yet. Is that the one with, uh, where, where? person who won got an award from Brad Pitt or something or no yeah yeah it was like a controversy apparently Brad Pitt was like a producer on the film but he like did not step foot on the set um like like once and so the actors kind of had like a like a little bit of I don't want to say beef but they were just like the first time they had seen him was like at the Oscars and they were like oh Uh, like look look who showed up yeah Yeah. like she like said that in her speech like I'm telling you she's bad she's bad at that I think also in her acceptance speech, they kept asking her about oh, Brad Pitt. And she was like, why are you guys yeah. asking me about this? She didn't say that. Like, why are you guys asking me about this white man? But we yeah. were like, why is everyone asking yeah. her about this white man? I think they, like, misinterpreted, like, what she was saying. I think they were like, oh, my God, I'm fine. Like, as if, like, she was a fangirl, like, finally meeting Brad Pitt. But, like, she was like, no, like, f- like nice of you to show up. Like, yeah, finally. <laughs> <laughs> but, no, yeah, it was a great movie. Loved it. Cool. It's like me showing up to class after missing for, like, two weeks. Finally, she's here. <laughs> oh, at all. I'm also watching. I don't know if we're talking about shows, but we I'm can. also watching. Um, I don't know if you guys heard of it, but it's on Netflix. It's called Peaky Blinders. It is. I, I'm not even kidding. I thought I would hate it, but I'm actually so in love with it. Like it's it's like set in 1920s Birmingham, England, like right after World War One. And it's literally about like a like a like a gang that's like run by the um Shelby family like the sh- the three Shelby brothers are like the head of the gang and so they just do a bunch of like I don't even know if I can talk about this but but they just do a lot of like illegal activity because they're it, it's a gang you know and so like the government's after them 
and it's so hard to understand because their accents, and also just like I have no idea what was happening in happening in England in the 1920s. <laughs> so like I just watch it for the vibes because I really am not understanding what's going on, but I kind of love it. So no I, captions, nothing. No, I have to keep the captions oh. on because I I do not understand what they're saying. You should like, turn them off and just see if you can like I get would, through an episode. I don't think I would. I probably would understand five percent of the episode without the captions. <laughs> But. I have been watching the new Loki series. Ah. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Oh man, keep going, keep going, keep going. Yeah, I have. Have you all seen it? Yes. No. I don't no. have Disney Plus. No. Trying to get to it. You're what, trying to get to it. So, so okay, no spoil. spoilers. I, but I just finished one. What did you think of it? Trying to. Uh, um, it was. It was good. It was. I think. No spoilers, but I think it's setting up the next stage of like the MCU very well. It undoubtedly is. It's not like a. Wow. It's very much everything that we thought WandaVision was going to be in terms of what it sets up. Mm -hmm. um, and in terms of, I think, content, like Loki content. Oh, my Loki <laughs> heart was so happy. That's I, my mom. My mom has, like, like, been obsessed with him since, like, the she first has taste. Exactly. <laughs> no, when I was younger, I had the FX channel on my TV, and that was the only channel that had, like, movies, movies. And they only played Thor and Avengers <laughs> 1. And so I became a little obsessed with Loki. Let's just keep it real. He was, he is super hot. <laughs> Um, Endgame sucked. I hate Endgame. <laughs> Final Battle is the best thing in cinematic history, but the movie itself is trash, and that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, the time travel escape was cheap. I Dude, think. time travel? But you can't do good time travel in a movie, except um, I watched um, X-Men Days of Future Past. That one did time Have you seen it? Yeah, it was very good. Time travel in that? Yeah. Perfect. Like, I, I mean, I don't know the rules, but no, um, in, in terms of because in terms of like how someone should do time travel, I think that's a really, really good way because they establish the rules pretty clear that in the universe, like this is how it works. And yeah. I think that movie like my boyfriend kept joking. Hey, Ben, he kept joking like the only this is the only movie that does time travel really well. And I watched it and I was like, oh, my God, you're right, because I always said you can't do time travel in a movie. But since then, with this movie, and do y'all remember um, My Friend Martin, the movie, the, Mar the MLK movie? No. No. Oh, the, ca the cartoon one. Yes. That you have to watch, like, every day, like, every time on MLK Day, you have yes. to watch in elementary school. Yeah. Loved it. That is the second movie that handles time travel super well. Really? Yes. I. <laughs> that movie is actually kind of traumatizing. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, they Go, were making us watch that it, movie Sarah. when we were five. Like... No, it's essentially about this kid who, um, he's the character, the main character, he's black, and he has, like, a white friend, and they're kind of talking about, um, like, it's MLK Day at school or whatever, and I don't know how he gets to time traveling, but he ends up, <laughs> okay, Alba remembers. He goes to his MLK's house, like, they're on a field trip. And right he around finds the corner. The yeah. From yeah. Okay. Right. Oh, let's go right now. I'm kidding. And he <laughs> finds a magic watch or something and he puts on the watch and then he travels back in time to MLK's you when MLK was young. Like he was like what like 13 or yeah. something? Something like that, yeah. And it's just he's living during like the kid is like having to like live through segregation and like realizing like, whoa, like it's it's bad. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was pretty, I mean, like, it was a cartoon movie, and it was traumatizing. And the 
after that, he's like, no, Martin, you got to come with me to the future. And so they take Martin Luther King to the future, oh right? I don't remember this. <laughs> Josh is looking is up it? the the movie right now and yep that is it i forgot he had a white sidekick wow how refreshing a white sidekick right um and then 1941 is that what it says that's what it says like he goes back to 1941 yeah but like when they take martin luther king out like to the future they took him away from his original like timeline and everything's segregated when they go back. Oh, that's where my mind blanks. Like, I don't even remember that That's, part. like, the best part of the movie. <laughs> oh, oh. Is that's, that like, when, the plot. <laughs> yo, is that when they go back to the school and, like, their Latina friends yes. are, like, cleaning the floors and they're, like, yeah, they don't like, know what you to don't do have with rights it. either. <laughs> During that scene, everyone would look at me <laughs> because yo. they're, like, that's you. You're Maria. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Now that's, that's coming back to me, yeah. Wow. So, like, what basically is, like, it makes sense because if you take MLK out of the timeline, he would never grew up in his time and he never like theoretically created the change and desect as if unquote. he was the one person right. like right. during that right. time yeah. to like Right. I think it was it, like at that but when I was younger, I was like, This makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> My this question is so true. Is who let this movie happen? <laughs> and <laughs> it is when you're watching that, in the 90s, so the trauma, that, the real trauma part for me personally was when they have to take MLK back in time and the main character has to face the dilemma that he's about to kill MLK by sending him back. Like, oh, so man. the scene where he, MLK goes back, yo, he goes through the door and then you see a bunch of flashes of protest and then gunshot. Oh, man. MLK's dead. And that's how the movie ends. This is a children's movie. Yeah. No, yes. Yeah. We like, watched that were, in elementary they school. They were playing this in the kindergarten classroom. Like, <laughs> like first grade, second grade, third grade. I always every cried. Year. I mean, no, every course. No, like when the movie finished, like we all just... Like we all just kind of were like, and the and the teacher would be like, "All right, like let's unpack." Like it would be like a debriefing because there was like, "Is everyone okay? Yeah. No, do you yeah. not? Do you need to call your parents, the counselor?" Like, is that movie was so like I yeah. maybe I'm overreacting when I say like I was kind of traumatized. Like it was. I've never even heard of. This. It's such a good movie. I wonder if like your children have like watched it in school. I'm gonna fu- I'm gonna ask when I get home. Maybe like I, I mean, would I would hope that they've like upgraded like to. I, no, I think they would have told me. Because that sounds Probs. jarring. Yeah, Eric. I mean, you... it's it's historically accurate, but <laughs> no, it is, and it's um, accurate in terms of time travel. <laughs> but I was gonna say, Eric, you once told us a really funny story when we were in the airport in Chicago about something that your daughter said to you when she was learning about actual like civil rights struggles and segregation. Could you repeat that story oh, for no. the class, please? <laughs> I think about that story almost every week. I'm not kidding. Well. The funny thing is, there's more than one of those stories. <laughs> oh my God! With my daughter, so I'll tell you the one that I think I was talking about. But if yeah, that's the one, yes. Oh gosh. Um, so my wife, um, uh, who I met in college, uh, is originally from Tallahassee, and her family before that. Sorry, let me fix this mic. Her family before that is from Kansas. So that's that's. Right. and blonde and the whole nine yards okay so we have two children that hilariously look like my wife and not me at all 
to the point where you know we get looks as a family like am i the bodyguard i mean who Are is you the this guy dad? yeah because for those who don't know what i look like i have black curly hair i got a light little tan and that's what i look like but my son is is, is very blonde and my daughter is very blonde and my wife is very blonde and fair skinned so i say all that to say when my daughter was in about kindergarten i surprised her <laughs> I surprised her by coming to her school to have lunch with her. And they had a special little table with, with the children where the kid, my daughter, could pick one friend to join us for daddy-daughter lunch. So I, I bought the school lunch with the little tray, and I sat there, and on my left was my daughter, and on my right was this little boy who was her friend. And I was asking them what they were learning about in school, and they were learning about the civil rights movement and, and slavery and things along those lines, when my daughter kind of gently touches my face uh, and rubs it down. It's like, Dad, isn't it so nice that we could all have lunch together now? And that's because she equated... <laughs> Yeah. So. Oh man. Oh my goodness. I said yes, baby. It's very nice. And then it was really funny when you said it was in Chicago because I think it was like, aren't you so happy that the rules changed? Yeah, that's exactly. What <laughs> that's like, yeah. You remembered it better than me. It was so funny. The rules changed. Yes. The rules. Well, because they were talking about. I mean, these yeah. were real things. You had. Yeah. You couldn't sit in certain places and what have you and 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 as a little kid she i think she was in kindergarten in her first grade she's well, my dad looks a little different and i'm on the borderline i don't know it depends uh do i get to sit at the counter or not if i was back in those so but it was just an interesting way to express that but yeah. oh, the rules. <laughs> stuff the like rules that happens all changed. the time the rules have changed <laughs> Wait, we didn't we didn't ask Eric what his favorite or what his recent movie was. My f I was or, gonna or say show. my friend Martin <laughs> had such a nice and innocent like I, wow, but time travel and oh my goodness, um, and then gunshot. Oh my god, like, hearing that gunshot was jarring. I mean, especially when you're young, yeah. young. And when this is over, I'm gonna show you all that final scene because oh, it is. Oh, oh my god, god. <laughs> look it up right now so you know what we're talking about. Um. So I just finished WandaVision with my wife, cause only because I want to get to Loki, because that guy is phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. He has yeah. played that character phenomenally. My oh. wife is partial to him, too. Hey, that's all right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she has taste. Yeah, I mean, you know what I'm saying? It's all good. So um, uh, so I finished WandaVision. Eh, it was, it's like eating the appetizer that you don't really want, but just come on, let's get to it. <laughs> Uh, where we're eagerly trying to line up my schedule, my wife and I, because it's it's busy at, at the Cuevas household, uh, to start Captain America and Winter Soldier. Because from what I understand, everybody tells me you got to watch these things in sequence. It'll be the best experience that way. Um, so while we're not kind of lined up, because I we've been busy, my wife has taken up Downton Abbey. And I, I love a good period piece. Well, I love sitting next to her when she watches it because it's <laughs> such a nice lullaby. They start talking about tea and I don't know what, and I'm out. So <laughs> after a long day, I tell my wife, yeah, I turned down, down that and she makes me some sleepy time tea. I sit there with her for like five minutes and I'm gone. And uh, so that's my lullaby has been down Abbey. I have no idea the plot. I can tell you a single character. I just know they're always confused, and there's always, there's like a, always some drama. There's always drama and a, a breakdown in communication. Every <laughs> single that's all it is. They can't communicate. But uh, yeah, that's that's what's going on in terms of entertainment. Nice. I think that was very well rounded. 
I just saw the cast from my friend Martin. Y'all, I'm gonna read y'all this. Oh, oh my gosh. Go. Who is it? Angela Bassett. Oh, <gasps> who? She's uh-huh. the, um Miles's mom. So Miles is the oh, main okay, character. Okay, okay, okay. Lavar Burton. What? Reading Rainbow. It's getting better. <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. Yo, who is and she? This is. <laughs> they approved this. They they had to do a like table read for this. <laughs> this was not a good movie. This was a bad movie. No, well, I liked overwhelming. it. Overwhelming. It was it overwhelming, was, yeah, maybe yeah. for the age. For the kids, yeah. I mean, um, you telling it to be orally sounds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get. I understand that. And honestly, I haven't seen it since I was like ten. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, um, it could be different now. James Earl Jones. Darth Jeez. Vader himself. Yep. Sam L. Jackson. Period. Wow. I wonder who he was in there. Um, he played Turner. I don't know who that is. I don't know either. Um, Danny Glover. Oprah Winfrey. <laughs> Susan Sarandon. Sarandon. Yeah. Sarandon. Sorry, Susan. Ashley Judd, which Ashley Judd was the mom from Divergent. If oh, okay, that okay. rings a bell. Okay. And the then the, the movie. They made yeah. a movie. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. 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 And then the last one's Jessica Marie Garcia. She's the girl from On My Block. Oh, whoa. She, hold on. Oh, How look old at this she cast. She was like Marie. Wait a Is that John Travolta? So she like 30 Whereas, oh, John Travolta. I miss that. Yo. I was looking through the faces. Is, <laughs> I think this is a powerful movie. Gonna have to watch oh, it. Oh, wow. I Yolanda watch. King was in it. All right, this is gonna be, uh, <laughs> Yo. this will be the Quervis family's yeah. gonna watch. <laughs> My friend Maybe Martin. watch it before you show it to your daughter. <laughs> Maybe. I think and she'll be fine because I came out fine, right? <laughs> <laughs> it might be a little scarring, though. <laughs> so that was a great conversation. I completely cool. love that. that awesome. <laughs> yeah. So when you're not watching WandaVision or getting ready to watch my friend Martin, what do you do here at Georgia State? I am the senior director for student success programs here at the university. And what that means is I oversee all the programs that are specially designed for all of our students, all of our undergrads on all campuses, uh, to provide access to higher education and make sure they have success at the university while they're here, to help them achieve their dreams, graduate as soon as they can, and move on to bigger and better things. We do that in a plethora of ways. I love saying that word. Uh, so we've got dozens, literally dozens of programs and partnerships uh, with with local um, institutions, with companies, with all kinds of organizations and great people to help, in my biased opinion, the best students in the world <laughs> kick butt here in downtown Atlanta. So in other words, he's a big shot here at GSU, so respect. I don't know about that. <laughs> you you are the big shots. I'm I'm honored to be here. It means a lot. Thank you. What like what is like your day to day? Do you like is there a way to kind of describe your day to day here? It, Besides running around with a phone yeah. not open on Zoom. <laughs> yeah, in so and I, a meeting. Yeah, I was literally uh, as we were starting this podcast, I was in a meeting with I was in two meetings at once, which which happens quite a bit. Um, my work is changes quite a bit day to day. Um, probably the best way to describe it is seasonal. Seasonal, excuse me. And this is the busy season here at the university. We are in the process of onboarding 8,000 freshmen across all of our campuses, both at Perimeter College and here downtown in Atlanta. And that's over 100 orientation sessions. That is 
thousands and thousands of hours of academic advisors and admissions people and and, and all kinds of wonderful people onboarding and greeting our freshmen. That's our police department talking to our new parents. That's everything. And that's not to mention pulling all this off, um, coming out of a, a tough 18 months for everybody, especially here around campus. You know, uh, you all as students know that Georgia State is, is a cool place physically. I mean, look where we're sitting now. And one of my favorite things about Georgia State is we purposefully don't have barriers between the city of Atlanta and us. There's no gates. There's no ivy because it's real. It's real life. And I think uh, our students, you three, you're real people. You balance all kinds of responsibilities on and off campus, and yet you kick butt in all of them. Uh, and, and those talents will serve you three well. And I think it's a common bond that a lot of our students at this university have. It doesn't matter what campus, it doesn't matter where you're from. That is a Panther thing. That's our students make it happen. And and yeah, that's a long answer too. <laughs> no, that, was a per- that was a perfect answer. Though. Panther pride, am yes. I right? <laughs> have you always, like, how long have you been at Georgia State is basically? So even that, uh, is a weird way for me to answer that question, but uh, the official answer, this is my 13th year at Georgia State University. Uh, that's the official high-level answer. Answer uh, To make it a little more complex, I started my higher education career at Georgia Perimeter College prior to consolidation. Uh, so uh, Georgia State University, Atlanta, and what used to be Georgia Perimeter College, they used to be two different institutions. And for the past years now, we've been one big conglomerate institution. But I started on the perimeter college side. I was in admissions. I did that for a couple of years. And uh, I know we're going to be talking about career and career advice. The first little maybe nugget I'll throw out there is I made the most out of my job. What my job was on paper was to be the guy, and you may have remembered this, uh, people like this, they would go into your schools or they would set up a table at the cafeteria or they go into your classrooms or events or college fairs and they would largely sell you on going to their college. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way, I just mean <laughs> to provide information. It's not like these people, the position is a recruiter, it's an academic recruiter, that's how I started my career. It's not that they get, it's not like a sales job. It's just, we are the external face of the university. And at the time when I was doing it fresh out of college, like, Hey, this is fun. I get to talk to families and I get paid for it. And it was, and it was fun, but I started to actually think about what I was doing and it's, Oh, I'm, I am the external face of Georgia perimeter college at the time. So they're going to ask me everything. Everything, things that are like you have to be so prepared, <laughs> right? So, so again, I made the most out of it. There, yes, of course, it was a handbook. Of course, it was training. But if I'm the guy who has to be knock, knocking on the door, so to speak, I wanted to meet everybody. I would talk to faculty members. I, I'd say, "Hey, what are you doing in class? What are you researching?" Uh, I, I talked to the people who ran all the offices everywhere. I talked to the the coaches. I met everybody because one, it helps. And two, I wanted to learn. I wanted to know everything. And um, so I did this. So we, we could come back to all that to, to, to speed this up so I don't go off tangents. You're good. <laughs> I I'm did that for a little Violently shaking my okay, head. Okay, no, yes, yeah, she like... is. Um, I, I did that. I was at 
Georgia Primer College for about five years. I, I eventually ran the first um, Guazetta. Well, let me back up. Um, at the time at Georgia Primer College, we received a, a big pot of money from a very big and important and awesome family here in the city of Atlanta, the Guazetta family. Um, and it was the first time that the Guazetta family had ever given funds to a two-year institution. No way. Ne they'd never done it before. Uh, and That's a big deal. And so I've been working with Guazetta scholars, as, as you three are, way back a uh, long time ago at Perimeter College. So uh, I know that we have a lot of Guazetta scholars from my early days that are members of the community and giving back now. So it's almost like... Oh my goodness, you're my educational grandkids right here. <laughs> oh my goodness. But uh, so then um, I wanted to take a chance and come to Georgia State. Um, Georgia State was in the news in the very early experimentation of some cool things that they were doing, and they caught my attention, and things kind of linked up really well. Uh, and I, I came to Georgia State. I've been at the Atlanta campus side seven, eight years now, and I, we have been growing, growing, growing in all the things that we're doing and helping students succeed. So I've been at the right place at the right time at, at, at the greatest school with the greatest students, and there's lots of wins out here for everybody, and, and the, the university is winning, our students are winning, and uh, it's fun to get paid to do what you like doing. Like, look at this, we're sitting here, we're talking, uh, you know, we're helping people who will be listening to this and we get paid. I mean, that's, I mean, I get paid. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All three of us were like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. I, I saw the heads up. So I'm like, what am I talking about? We, I'm talking about me, but it's, it's a great thing. And, uh, I often say this is a little, this will be the last little bit because I'm sorry. I'm <laughs> you're, you're good. You're good. Um, I often say this at orientation. We were talking before we, we were recording some of the things going on at the institution. And I tell the parents of the university that when I went to college because of me not being the best and brightest student, it was very, very difficult for me. I, mm -hmm. And at, there were a lot of times where I did not enjoy it. And, and we could even talk about that later, but it was very hard. I, I barely graduated, but I did. I, See, I did graduate. See, you guys, like, like, listen, there's people out there like Eric, who is the senior director of student success, and he's saying that he barely graduated, so. No, but I don't think people can understand that Eric is the big man around here. Yeah. He's our big man, like, from <laughs> day one in Georgia State. And he's sitting here telling us he barely graduated college. Like, he's so exclusive that when we asked for his email, there was like, why? Yeah, why do you need his email? Wait, why do you need like, his email? Like, wait, like, he's a, yes. he's a busy man. Yeah. I mean, They're yeah, like, you, you, don't don't need to be, you don't need to be annoying him. <laughs> no, like, it, oh, he's a big man. Well, I don't know about that, but... Uh, well, <laughs> yeah, so it was hard for me. And hard in many ways, academically, most of all financially. Um, so I, I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't... It wasn't the experience that I hope to build for the students here, because I know what it's like to be the first in your family, to barely make it financially, academically, and just you have to fight for every grade, every test, and just to get out, of it, and it's exhausting. I mean, students, if you're listening to this, I know what it was like for years after graduating, I'd have nightmares. Oh, did I forget that paper? <laughs> Did I, did I, for years, oh, did, did those it's credits. The, it's the trauma. It's, yes, I was there. And, and that was a very long answer again to. That's to okay. Questions. No, that kind of, 
um, you had mentioned something that was going to lead my, to my next question. Um, when you switched over to Georgia State before the merger, um, you weren't the senior director of student success programs. So no. I was going to ask you kind of like, how have your how have your previous work experiences, jobs kind of led you to where you are now as senior director of student success programs? That's a good question. And to build off what I was saying earlier, so you know, when I was a recruiter, I learned everything I could. I got really good at speaking, and I low-key made it uh, a little junior um, motivational speaker job. So when I came to the school, it was it was an event because <laughs> I wanted to give it my all. I really did. And and it feels good to tell them. It feels so good to say crazy things that are true that most people don't know and are good. It's wonderful. So here's an example. Um, I I speak at all the orientations, and I especially speak to the parents after I speak to the freshmen. And I tell them that the very fact that they're sitting in the room with me at New Student Orientation means that their unborn grandchildren now have a better shot of getting additional education just because we're sitting in a room talking about orientation. And that's statistically true. Yes, you know, I say it in a way where it's mind-blowing, but (laughs) how cool is that? So if you, I'm very good, I think, at making complex kind of things easy without jargon because I, I, I hate it when you go to the doctor and you say, oh, you've got a flamamamala. And I'm like, what does that even mean? You know I don't know those words. So I, I, I make it a point to never do that. So I, I, I take these huge, crazy, statistical, factual concepts and just hit them one time real hard with something that'll really re-clear what we're even doing. So that's what I did when I was a recruiter. When I had that opportunity to work with the Gazetta Scholars at Perimeter College, uh, we actually won award, awards from the... National Association of Academic Advising. We were the best academic advising program in the southeastern region of the wow. United States. Oh my gosh! Um, but that wasn't Eric. That was the hard work of a lot of students, a, a, a whole college, a whole community, because people are the best part. And I and I did that here when I came to Georgia State. I wanted to meet everybody because I wanted to be able to make those connections for students because I know. Students don't see Georgia State as the office of this and the division of that. They just see Georgia State, adults, help. And I, I, and I understand that. So I, I wanted to learn and know everything I could. So I did the extra. Uh, uh, and I met the, the people, which that's extra. I did the extra. Uh, and then, boom, along comes consolidation. And... Uh, the university was going through a lot of changes. I mean, folks, that was a seismic thing that we pulled off. Uh, just for context, for those who don't know the story very briefly, Georgia State University uh, is an urban public research university in the heart of Atlanta. Um, it is, I mean, Google Atlanta and just look around at the buildings and that's us. That's what that looks like. And then Perimeter College, formerly Georgia Perimeter College, is a five-campus institution which was larger than all of the other two-year colleges in the state combined. It was the number one transfer school both ways, meaning they sent the most transfer students out anywhere, most of them right here to the Atlanta campus, but they also received the most transfer students, students who were at Georgia State, Georgia Tech, UGA, Augusta, wherever, and either wanted to come back close to home or they wanted smaller class sizes or a litany, hundreds of reasons. 
So it was a very unique place. Uh, and again, very different, very different, but also in, in other ways, very similar. Uh, and now we're gonna just mash this up and create the largest university in the state of Georgia that operates in three different counties. And I mean, it's, it's a lot. And it's a lot to run. It's a lot to, to serve everybody at a high quality level. So new opportunities arose out of that. And I think a lot of the goodwill I had built over the years at both this university and at Perimeter made me uniquely positioned, as they say, <laughs> uh, to make a lot of connections and make a lot of policy recommendations that contributed to the consolidation, uh, at least in a successful way. Uh, and then I was named the first director of student success. Uh, and then some more opportunities at the university uh, arose where, again, I put myself in a position through meeting all the people, through doing all the things, reading what I could, uh, learning what I could to apply it to my profession to when the time came that another opportunity came, I positioned myself for that. So I've been for, I think, two years now, the senior director for student success programs, which is a broad portfolio of, of dozens of projects and all types of different ways to help students uh, succeed. So that's that's how I, I say I've been building this over the past. So like decade. we said, you're a big shot. Big man. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it's you mentioned something earlier um, where you said it's all like people. I think it's easy to forget that it's like individual people, like a group of individual people that do this, you know, yeah. like I remember back even to my freshman year of high school. If someone had told me, oh, like Georgia State, I would have been like, I don't, I don't know much about it. You know, just from my freshman year of high school to my senior year, Georgia State has blown up in terms of like popularity and like just being a known university, like, and like we have to remember that it's just people, you know? I would even say since the beginning of our freshman year in college to now, oh, it's yeah. really shifted to become like really, not that it wasn't credible before, but just like public views on it have really gotten better. Because even in my senior year of high school, somebody was like, you should apply to the Guizetta Scholarship at Georgia State. And I said, nah, I don't want to go to Georgia State. <laughs> and not because—and just because, like, I knew that a lot of people went there. And I was like, but I don't know too much about it. it and then I would get confused with Georgia Perimeter. And it was like a whole thing. But even since freshman year of college, I would say it's gotten a lot big, bigger in, like, I feel like people, numbers, um, better credibility, honestly. And I think, too, that, that like, speaks so well to what Eric was saying about, um, like, being that person who is talking to the parents, who is, like, who is, like, at the at the schools, like, telling people about the university. Like, I, I think that is something that does wonders for like change. I don't want to maybe yeah, changing the perception of the school for people who kind of only hear very little about it or just from what other people say. Like your role as the person who is like you were kind of saying like selling the school, um, which is kind of true in a way, but it's much more than that. Like it's really telling people about like this is why the school's so great. Like these are these are our statistics. Like the, like I think. People, and the fact, too, that you were 
talking, you were going and talking to all the departments. You were talking to all the fa or faculty. Like you were learning things about the university that I feel like your department wasn't even really telling you that you could also use to tell people about who might have asked you like, oh, can you tell me about the science department or like, I know they're not a science department, but no can you tell me about this part of the school? And I feel like you would know because you won't go around talking to people. So I think that's also so vital for just the, the so that people have just a more well-rounded perception of the school too, um, which I think is like so important. And I commend you for being that person who like does goes above and beyond because that's cool. Well, I commend you three as students and everybody listening who, who may be a student here because you all deserve it. I mean, because you go above and beyond. Uh, you really do. And uh, yeah, it's all love here at uh, <laughs> If you're a high school student, come to Georgia State right now as Bye. we speak. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, another thing that I kind of wanted to ask about was you you mentioned how you speak to a lot of parents at orientation um and i would imagine the parents you see are very diverse um so i was going to ask like maybe how has your identity as a latinx individual perhaps kind of influence it influence the experiences that you've had or just the connections that you've been able to make and if that has been a factor um if you're able to elaborate on that sure that's a good question uh a little bit on my background, my my mom's Dominican, uh, my dad is Cuban, and they're both from Santiago in their respective countries. <laughs> uh, I was born in Queens, New York, right across the street from McDowell's from Coming to America, which was a <laughs> Wendy's at the time. I don't think it's there anymore, but that's where I'm from. I was raised mostly and largely in Miami. And I've been here uh, in, in Atlanta for the better part, well, more than a decade. In terms of my background, how has it helped me? I, I think it has helped me because of the places that I come from and the culture that I have. I've got a little bit of everything in me. <laughs> so I, I can hang everywhere, if, if that makes sense. Um, I, I'm used to being able to communicate with all people from all walks of life. Um, before I was in higher education, I worked in the NBA for a little while with the Miami Heat. And okay. Yeah. What? <laughs> I don't that support he just the Heat, but that's cool. That no, right? There. He just subtly threw that in there like we weren't going to ask about it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a Lakers fan, but that's cool. Yeah. Hey, it's part of career exploration. I, I mean, think you yeah. should elaborate. I'm, oh, I'm happy to. It, 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 was, it was fun, especially it was my first job out of college. Um, it was a sales job. So, I mean, let me back up. It is. It was fun. It was nice, but it is not the glamour that everybody <laughs> thinks that it necessarily is. And not to mention, I was there between championships. So, <laughs> like, there was a season where the Heat won, like, 20-something games. That's when your boy was working there. So, oh, my God. But it was still, it was still a life-changing experience. It was fun. I saw everything and everyone. That's cool. Um, yeah. But anyway... I, I think I lost my train of thought. I don't even know what we were talking about. <laughs> you, you're talking about identi like identity. Oh, right, right, right. So working, the reason I brought up that whole story is when I was at the Heat, I literally met everyone from some of the richest people on earth to some of the most interesting characters who walk the streets of Biscayne Boulevard way late at night and, and, and down in Overtown. I mean, and, and that... Uh, 
I remember coaching kids at the Overtown Youth Center, which is just, just a few uh, blocks away from the American Airlines Arena. And you could talk about totally different worlds. And that, and I, and I think that experience, um, it, it really helped me, as I said, communicate with people from all walks of life. Uh, and I, I had so much fun doing that that I wanted to always sharpen that. You know, I, I often joke with students, uh, I, just, I still don't know what I want to be when I grow up because I'm never done learning. I'm never done. I always want to learn something. I'm, I'm almost, it's almost silly to say, but I've taken up Taekwondo. I have never done any martial arts in my entire hey, life. It's kind of fun. But you know, it's cause it's good to challenge yourself and yeah. learn something and it's cool to throw a kick every now and again, you know, get the stress out and it's, but yeah, I. I believe in learning. Um, if there's anything that the pandemic has taught us, especially, and I have to applaud your generation and our students in particular, leveraging technology to learn something. It's, I've seen so much this year uh, that students have taught themselves or found a way to get support uh, with the use of technology. So I just love learning and I don't, I don't, it doesn't end. Uh, uh, trying to learn something new doesn't end for me. And that's, if you forget everything we talk about today and, and, and you're, if you're in the beginning of your career, if you're thinking about your career, or if you're in a career now that you want to make some changes, there is any skill that you could learn and improve upon if you really just sat there for an hour or two and tried to find some resources and some help. Um, and a lot of people want to help. Uh, they enjoy it because if... If I had to teach you all a spinning sidekick, I would have to darn well know how to do one myself. So it makes me even better. So I want to share that with you because then you get to check me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, so there you go. Contact Eric if you want to learn beginner's yeah. Taekwondo. Real beginner. <laughs> My kids all outrank me. So. Aww. Wait, that's cute. No, that literally reminds us off topic. But I started like taking kickboxing classes in the beginning of the summer. And... Like every Saturday, they do like the the youth kickboxing, and it is the cutest thing <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. It's like six year olds, like with the little gloves, like doing like That's kickboxing. Great. It's it's so adorable. It's that so is adorable. so funny because I literally started taking Muay Thai classes like two weeks, oh, three weeks oh ago. My God, we need to fight. <laughs> We're not learning. We're not learning the same things. First of all, <laughs> we probably are. I yeah, don't know. We, I think it's really, it's really similar. I yeah. think Muay Thai is like kickboxing without the bag <laughs> so you're like fighting people right yeah we're fighting people yeah. so like actually <laughs> y'all want to look at my elbows look i have like bruises no, my legs too okay, like i have oh bruises goodness. all over my leg no yeah it's, like right it's here. hardcore over it's here. here we can't yeah my partner up. yesterday i i go every day try to go every day and yesterday i went and that's how i got these bruises and like she's been here for months yo and she's like fall let yourself fall and i'm like no i refuse to let myself fall like we're fighting people we're going and like wow. hitting people you, what gym do you go to i go to bangkok okay, never mind. Never mind. Boxing. there's like one five minutes away from here uh, but i go like do we go to no, the same gym i um the one i go to is actually in duluth and Gwinnett. um I, in Gwinnett the, County. the gym that i go to is like a chain so there's like different locations so yeah i wasn't sure which one um, the name of it is called X3, so they have like a, <laughs> so off topic, but they, oh, have, yeah. like, but they have like, they have kickboxing classes, they have boxing classes, they have Muay Thai classes, mm -hmm. they have Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu wow, classes. That's really cool. That sounds so much And fun. I think I'm missing something. Which but. class, which gym do you go to? Major Taekwondo in Lilburn. 
Lil Burn. The house of discipline is. <laughs> I think I actually looked at because when I wanted to take some kind of fighting class, and yeah. I was looking at different gyms, and I actually settled. Not settled. If <laughs> if someone from Bangkok, I didn't settle. <laughs> I actually chose. <laughs> I get to, I'm just like, who's listening to this right now? Um. um Okay, yeah, so sorry. To learn new topic. learn new things, y'all. Like yeah. that's moral the, of the story, it's it's cool to learn new skills and things. And it's also too important like to continue growing, like not just in terms of like the career job that you do, but like just hobbies too, like Eric had mentioned, taking up Taekwondo, like just things that will fulfill you that are not just related to um like monetary gain or like your job, but just things that I feel like will help you become more of like a well-rounded individual in all aspects of life because i'm sure taekwondo has like life lessons you can take out of it just like any other thing too so i mean and i'm glad you all brought this up because it is something i do want to talk about and share i i feel it i feel it in folks your age the fear the uncertainty sometimes it's almost a desperation or it's a uh, uh when is it my time or what's gonna happen and I, I could feel it's palpable. And I remember feeling that too at this age. Um, and you all are so smart and you've worked so hard and it will come. So, so the, whether it's the money or the position or that company or whatever it is, whatever, whatever in your mind's eye is that prize is that brass ring that you keep reaching for. And if you stretch just a little bit more, you're going to get it. Or if you uh, do this thing or go to that place or talk to this person, you're going to get it. I good work is always found in anything. So, you know, think of some of these people who, you know, in your life or in your community uh, or even the people you look, look up to, what you don't see is the 10 plus years that they were doing this work. And it took some time until somebody kind of noticed and then they took off looking for the thing sometimes makes it more elusive because every day you don't have the thing you're, you're driving yourself crazy where, you know, let's be honest, especially for your generation, you may end up in a job that does not yet exist. That is true. Oh my God. Very true. It's very likely. There may be some whole other industry that does not yet exist. The marijuana industry? There are weed lawyers, y'all. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> like lawyers that are just specifically... Like specific with marijuana policy legalization. Like, like that is a new too. kind of, yeah, like that's a new like asset. Asset? That's a new um, part of... Sector. Sector. That's a new <laughs> sector of the law that's coming up. I was like, what? I, I mean, it just it really just goes to show that like there is no way to know like in 10 years from now like the types of jobs that will like will ha would have been invented like i don't know how to phrase invented that, expanded yeah. enhanced improved or, or you know i have seen so many students at this university and just uh, folks your age be very entrepreneurial whether it's drop shipping whether it's i've seen a lot of business in the secondhand clothing space oh, uh, Depop I, sellers. i've seen i've seen so many different things and it's about and here's another thing that i've really been even telling myself it's not about where you get it's sowing the seed so let's say if you're if you're listening to this and you're thinking about going into entrepreneurship even if it's something silly even if it's selling something 
I, I don't know. I don't want to disparage any company, but <laughs> let's say it's something silly. You're a door-to-door -door vacuum salesperson, okay? I thought of rubber ducks. Okay, let's go rubber ducks. <laughs> so let's say you're a door-to-door rubble, rub, I can't even say that, rubber <laughs> ducky salesman, men, saleswoman, salesperson. And it's a tough job because who the heck wants to buy a rubber duck? But just based off mathematics alone, you'll get a sale in yeah. a month. Let's say you get one sale. Well, that's a seed because the next month you might get no sales and then the, the month after that I might get five and so on and so forth. Now, just add mathematics to it. Fast forward 10 years for that hypothetical person. Do you think they're still selling rubber ducks one a month? I would no. doubt it. I would doubt so, it. So, and, and it may be something totally different that they're now in the community developed party planning business because they met everybody in the neighborhood and everybody's been sitting at their, it's just, it activates a different part of your mind. So you start out by saying, I want to make X amount of money, or I want to work in this type of company in this particular position. When the approach should be, you know, cause you're never done. It's the journey. It's the ride. I want to learn all the things about this thing. If it's podcasting, I want to understand the market shifts in the next five years. Are they going to go to premium subscription services? Should we go for just mass media to get the most uh, um, sponsors possible? Imagine if you thought about that for just a year or two or 10. So plant a seed. Don't worry about buying a tree. Plant a seed. <laughs> That's good advice, truly. I remember, and you may want to, just for fun, go dig back and see these articles for years, it was headline news that Amazon is not a profitable company. It breaks <laughs> even every year. I remember those articles. <laughs> Go back and read them. It was a long time that it was a not. Now, I'm not saying that Mr. Bezos was in a, in a box somewhere. That's not what I'm saying. <laughs> but it was, not, it did not turn a profit for a very, very long time. Now, you can't go 10 minutes without now saying sometimes. he's going literally to space. just got back. <laughs> Like yeah. he was in space for like go? ten minutes, and then he got back. <laughs> so yeah, he went to space today, the day that we're recording. Oh, there you go. Today is, should we say the date? Oh, oh well, if it's the day he know. went to, y'all yeah, will know. July twentieth. No, but yeah, even just the fact <laughs> you were even mentioning like you were talking about podcasts, and it literally had me thinking like podcasts was not even like like a like a sector because right. it was radio. It was like live radio. And there's now like a couple million of them now, I think. Oh, it's there's in the, so like many oh, podcasts. Many. Yeah. Like there's like podcast companies that like right. have multiple different shows. And it's just the way that that has grown too. like, because I, I listen to a podcast. <laughs> I don't want to get off on a tangent, but I listen to a podcast and a lot of the hosts that work for that company started in radio, like obviously like live radio. Um, and now they're podcasters. So it's just it's just interesting that like while they're working in radio, like I doubt that they knew that in ten years they would be hosting a podcast show because that didn't even exist. But it's cool. Yeah. It's kind of encouraging for people who like maybe current college students who don't know what to do right yeah. now. Like maybe your calling just hasn't been invented yet. Your true passion doesn't exist because you're gonna create it, something along those lines. I feel the anxiety that that you students have that one month, like, oh, my gosh, is this a midlife crisis at 20 something? Yeah. I, I know. And it's real. It's super real where you think this one decision or this one exam or this one thing is going to change the entire course of your life forevermore. I know that's how it feels. 
And I know we tell you, no, it's not. Chill out. And you're like, no, but you don't understand. <laughs> you do not even understand this man, this lady, this test. I, I We do. We do. And, and it, it's, it's, I identify with it so closely because I was there. But, but again, I would, I would just say, keep doing your best. Just keep doing your best at what you're doing. That's, that's all you can do. All you can do is what you can do. The rest will come. The rest will come. And I know that's really not the reassuring blanket that you may <laughs> really want to hear because, because what you want to hear is, well, how and when <laughs> yeah. and, and, no, yeah. and next week because I need to go on this trip and I need to do that. Right. And it doesn't go that way. And it's tough because everything else does. Our, our groceries is when we want them. It's our yeah. podcasts when we want them. But everything else, it's... It's, it's not arbitrary, but there is no date. You know, I, I didn't know that I would be where I am right now. It was not the plan when I was a recruiter at Georgia Bremer College to say, in this date, I'll have this many offices. And I, I was very fortunate. And I just did good work. And, and, and it found its, we found our way, the ideas or the opportunities. It happens. All these people, whoever they are, if when they are at the top of their industry, what you don't see are, are the years and years that they put into it. Yeah. Uh, we were talking about orientation. I remind the parents and the students, and I tell them, this is supposed to be hard. You're yeah. going to have some all-nighters. You're going to have some stress because I, I had mean, them. It's good to be honest. It is. I had them. You have them, I would imagine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Very much, Multiple. Yes. <laughs> because Very much so. You know, we don't give these things away. Students earn them. You come and take them. And that, it's supposed, it's always been that way. It was that way for the people who came before me. And now it's that way for the people who are coming after you, who I spoke to yesterday. And we're really nervous about oh, everything. There was an orientation yesterday? Yes, there was. Oh, how was that? It was good. They how are they of, feeling, feel these pandemic um, graduates. Post-pandemic and very, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a mixture of fear and excitement, of eagerness and doubt. It's just yeah. a lot. It's good. It's all wrapped in one. Yeah, the parents are don't want to let their babies go, but understand it's time to. I mean, it honestly, I know it sounds silly, it's a, orientation is a beautiful thing. You see the quiet kids stand up a little taller. I call some people <laughs> up on stage Aww. with me. As a matter of fact, uh, two Sundays ago, I believe in the AJC, they took a picture of one of the students I called up on stage uh, <laughs> to do some, have some fun with us with the rest of that. So, I mean, I was really happy he okay. made it to the, to the news. It was Aww. really cool. That's fun. I remember y'all's orientations. I... I remember there being no parents there. Like, I wonder yes, if I would do that. No, nope. okay, yeah, yeah, we separate them. Okay. And they, Cause they don't I, like that. I, my parents didn't go. Like, I just went with friends. So I don't remember if, like, I guess I just didn't um, see any parents because you're saying they separate them. But it was a lot of students. Yep. It was a lot of students. Um, there were, I remember, like, the round tables, and we mm -hmm. kind of, like, got to know each other in the round table. Um, could not tell you one name of somebody in my <laughs> round table, but yeah, I mean, it just seemed like a lot of people who were in the same position, but trying to kind of like hide their nervousness, mm -hmm. like hide their apprehension, That's exactly what trying to, to trying to feel like, oh, uh, like I got this, I got like this, I'm yeah. cool, but like deep down, like we're all freaking like scared. Well, <laughs> we actually, don't know what to expect. I actually take a whole slide to talk about that. Just that about very anxiety? thing. I say. 
you all look like a million bucks. You look great. And I know you're smart and you're awesome. But just in case there's somebody in this room who's freaking out right now, <laughs> I want you to know that you're not alone. That there are most of us are freaking out right now. And it's okay to freak out. And that's why we're here together. And that's why I'm here. That's why our other upperclassmen students are here with you. That's why we're going to break you out and get you away from your parents and get you in small groups and do silly things at the table and have lunch together because we know you're freaking out. And that's okay. I remember my orientation. I was so, like, weird, man. Like, I'm weird now, but at my orientation, I felt this weird wave of just anxiety and, like, oh, no, dude. And then, but the bright side is, like, it was a really good day because I, people that I met, like, to this day, I'm, like, still close with. My orientation. They told us, some of you guys will meet someone or multiple people who y'all will be close with and i and at that time i was like nah like i literally said no right. and that night we all hung out in each other's because it was um overnight orientation yeah, i didn't do that oh, overnight. Yeah. and we all hung out in each other's rooms and had like real talks and we're talking about financial aid and our upcoming classes like what did you do in high school orientation was a great day i feel like i don't know if how many high schoolers would be listening to but take advantage of orientation at your school if you go to georgia state you'll have Eric talking to you. <laughs> That's a plus side. But it was You'll a really good day. You familiar voice. Yeah. You Just got one. go up to him and be like, the podcast sent me here. Yes. You got <laughs> one friend at Georgia State already. What about Josh's orientation experience? I'm trying to remember. I, I, I think I was upset because I didn't sign up in time to get the overnight one. Mm, yeah, those so, go quick. Yeah, they do. You wanted a party. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> let's be real. <laughs> No, I, I think I was just upset about that. But and then I was there with my mom, so yeah, yeah, <laughs> because it was the overnight one. Yeah, um, I don't, I don't really remember much. I think I, I, <laughs> I tend to have anxiety issues, so I think that might be just like blocked out of my memory. <laughs> the trauma. <laughs> <laughs> the closest but, feeling I could ever describe to that feeling is, I remember one year in middle school. At lunch, when you sit down, you look around the first day of school, you're like, oh, my gosh, I don't know anybody at this lunch. That yes. is the yes. closest feeling. Oh, my God. It's, it's, like, almost the exact feeling. Yeah, that's the closest I could describe it. It's like, where do I sit? Do I sit on that end? Or right. And it's very here? distinct from, like, your first day of classes because you're, like, you have, like, okay, classes. I'm going to be seeing multiple right. people. Yeah. You're going into this room with people your age who you're probably not going to see yeah. unless you make friends like I did, thankfully. It's... L- <laughs> This is literally so funny, but it's like you're you're like, okay, the like this is my time to make friends. Like I don't know anybody. Right, like, I, yeah. No, and this <laughs> this is so funny. I feel bad saying saying this, but my brother, my younger brother, he starts college in August. So he's going to UGA. But I literally overheard this this is so sad, but it's so funny. I literally overheard the other day like him listening to a YouTube video that was like how to make friends in college. Aww. And it was like the guy in the YouTube video was like talking like he sounded like he was 30 years old, but he was like, the most important thing that you can do is like be, a, be approachable. Like, like, <laughs> no, and I was just like overhearing it. And I was like, this is so sad, but I get we it. Like, there. I get we it. All there. And it's hard. It really is. Because what do they do? They go. We all go to our safety blanket. We pull out our phone and pretend like we're looking yeah. at something important. Yeah. And now you're in a room with the people who are just all on their phone. And you're like, do I put mine away first? Yeah. Do they? And it's it's even harder. I mean, yeah. 
if those videos help, please watch them. If you're learning how to, what what I say at orientation is, everybody, you have the permission today to be an awkward weirdo, and you have to blame Eric. So if somebody comes up to you and they say hi in a weird way, you have to let it go. Or if you deep down want to say hello in a weird way to somebody that you've been looking at, it's okay. You get to blame me. And in hopes that it will break the ice. I don't know how many of them <laughs> take me up on it, but we try. But it's hard. It's very hard. Uh, it's hard to believe that that was like only like three years ago. It feels like, it feels 10 like an to me. <laughs> it, no, and I know I'm like, you're, you're laughing because like <laughs> we're young and like like we're so we have so much more life to live. But God, does it feel like it was so long ago? I think that just goes to show how much like college like is a factor in, in like your growth like just how much you mature in college in just like four years I think is astronomical like I am a 100% different person than I was when I was a freshman and like in a good way like so I just think it's it's insane how how much growth one can go through in just four short years because these are really like I, people love to be like oh like um, high school is like your developmental years, like whatever. But I totally feel like it's college. Like you are becoming like an adult in college. And I think it's, it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> and even then, if you're like in college and you have no idea what you want to do with your career, with your life, you're still growing. As we're right. saying, yep. you're literally still growing in college. And if you're confused, struggling, like you're not there yet, right. you'll get to it. And this growth is essential to what your career will be and what you'll end up doing one day that that kind of leads me to what i was going to ask eric next what is like one piece of advice you would give to college students college age students who are like maybe graduating like starting their career search don't necessarily know what they want to do like what what is maybe like the piece of adg- advice you would give either to like your freshly graduated self or just like a student who is in that situation? Because I think so many of us are like silently going through that and like we're trying to act like, no, like maybe we got it. Like we're going to figure it out. But we're like so scared. Yeah. I've been saying something new. You three have heard me speak many a time, so you know that I recycle a lot of my material. But 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 uh, <laughs> I've been saying something new, which I think students need to hear, and and I will say it increasingly to upperclassmen like you three. And I just want to also say, I agree with you that all all three of you are different people from when you were here in freshman year, and I'm so proud of all three of you. You, I mean, when you first got here, you're just like, hey, so smiling, and <laughs> excited. Hey. Hey, but I really see, I mean, yes, you are, you're, you're growing into the future versions of yourselves and you're all kicking butt. So thank Um, you. Literally too. We're literally literally. taking boxing classes, (laughs) but, but the advice, um, and it starts today as you listen to this. And I think you three are doing this and you don't even realize contrary to popular opinion, college is a team sport. There is a lot of winnings out here. What do I mean by that? If there's four of us in this room, if all four of us say, listen, we're going to hold each other accountable, we're going to learn together because you're really good at chapter one and you're good at chapter two and you're good at chapter three and I'm good at chapter four and together, then we're not cheating. We're, we're Earlier we were talking about if I were to teach you that sidekick, I better know it if I'm going to mm-hmm. teach it to you so it helps yeah. me learn better. Now imagine if we had that approach with our academics. 
with our careers with, hey, let's switch resumes over the weekend. Your classmates, your graduating class, the students that you bump into uh, around here at Georgia State or wherever you are, if you're in high school, if you're at another institution, if you're a family member of one of these great people, the, the people that you bump into are on your team. Because if you were to stop and sit and talk to somebody, they're just like you. They want to grow. They want to learn. They want to conquer. And and the students here, at least at Georgia State University, there's, there's a good vibe on this campus. And there's plenty of winning. So don't look at these students as your competition or he or she so is so much smarter than me. I could never pull that off. Or it comes so naturally to them. Or no, I mean... If we all succeed here, I want I want more people to succeed. I, I want more. I want everybody to be smart. I want everybody on the dean's list. I want it to be hard. I want you to still earn it. Uh, academic integrity is the most important thing to me to our students. Uh, uh, but these people are your colleagues. To to my nursing majors, you may very well be on one of those double shifts with somebody who was in your freshman learning community. For my education majors. You're going to end up on the same floor teaching the same students, then they go from one place to another. Uh, uh, for my sales and business people, you're going to be in the same organizations doing the same kind of work. And if you're not at the same company, you're going to be talking to one another to understand the industry that you're in because you're a George State Panther. You like to learn. So all these people here are, are the greatest resource that we have. I mean, you three, I think, are a really good microcosm of this university. I know your stories. You all have a lot going on, and you're still kicking butt academically. And there's thousands of people like you here and at Perimeter and everywhere. So think of all of your good qualities. There's somebody here who has them and tenfold and wants to share them. But we see each other as, oh, well, this person got this advance or, or what have you. Uh, uh, what do we do? So so my, my advice would be, you know, it's a team sport. Make as many connections and meaningful, deep connections uh, as you can, and, and, and offer what you can give. You'll be you'll be amazed what you could receive if you you just come giving. Meaning, well, I know this young man or this young lady has difficulty in chemistry. I got an A. Let me just help him out or her out, and let me just tell her, give her some advice. I don't need anything. You'd be imagine how the universe will, will give it back to you. So, so everybody here, we're on the same team, and if you want, you must give. So, so give your talent to somebody. Give your time to somebody. You can imagine how far we could all get if we stopped seeing people as competition and more as just, like, people that can help us get through it because – like you were saying, like somebody is going to know chapter one a lot better than than you and you might know chapter two and they might not. So it's like it's just one of those things like like collaboration is key. <laughs> collaboration is key because everybody's just trying to pass like, you know, and I think it's important. And it's just you can learn so much from people that are not right. like necessarily in your same boat, like whether that be academically or like in terms of other things. But that is such an important piece of advice, too, is just to not see, like, your peers as competition, but more as, like, people that can help you get there. Because right. I think it can be such a it can be such a point of, like, downfall if you were in a class and you were just, um, like, discouraged because so many, like, more people are getting better grades or they right. they are smarter than you. And it's 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 such a discouraging feeling, like, 
like to be in that setting so I think yeah that's actually so important I wish I had heard that piece of advice when I was a freshman so I'm glad you're I'm glad you're telling him that I was gonna say teamwork makes the dream work bro exactly I think that I really appreciated my FLC my freshman learning community freshman year I mean we we were, a, we were the same one. I was thinking, like, <laughs> we were technically in FLC, but I never saw it as that. I thought it was just, like, our little Coisetta cohort. Big ups to the freshman learning community team. They report to me. So if they're listening, big ups to them. I'm glad <laughs> yeah. you all had a good experience. Was, I mean, you're talking about us, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I'm just it trying was, to. I'm like, it was our Coisetta cohort. Our Coisetta cohort, um, yeah. We were in our own FL, little FLC thing, and we'd go get food, and we'd mm-hmm. It was like before a test. I remember one time specifically in our philosophy class. Oh my god! And um, we were talking. We were just going over everything. Every, like one person had chapter one open. One yeah. person, like everyone, had different readings open. And just how each person interpret interprets it differently can be so helpful too. Like, yeah, no, yeah, the FLC thing, like such a good, such a good idea. Like I don't know who invented that here. It is but a great thing. I know, like ours was a little different because we didn't technically sign up for an FLC, but it was treated like an FLC, but it was so helpful. My God, like we're doing this because of like the Goizeta program and like, imagine if we hated each other, like that's what I'm trying to say. Like we, we grew from it and we were in a, um, always enclosed space together. (laughs) And I mean, I remember when I uh, came for orientation, they talked, or I don't even remember what it was. They talked about FLCs and I was like, that seems kind of annoying (laughs) taking the same class. Like I can't really choose my classes. I I had a, like, it was a poor view and like even the people around me in housing, they'd be like, oh, my FLC. But by the end of it, we were all like, everyone was like talking about how they made friends in their FLCs, yeah. how their grades were better because they could yep. like yeah. help each other out. And and I, I know mean, and I know people who are like like still like close friends with the people that they met in their FLC. Like that mm-hmm. has been like their friends like all throughout college. So I think it's it's FLCs really great. Are great. That's and a beautiful thing. I think yeah. we got really lucky that everyone got along so well in our in our little. There may have been some hiccups, but huh. <laughs> I mean, we may, what? we may not have always seen eye to eye, but it was a family. I'm not like, saying you know we're all family? like on the same page about everything all the time. I'm saying we are very <laughs> no, lucky to it was a have family, who we have. It was a family dynamic for sure. I like, can't so imagine. If you're listening and you don't yeah. know what FLC is, it's a freshman learning community. Oh, yeah, community. bro. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> it's a freshman learning community. It's something that Georgia State is actually nationally ranked for. And that's one of the many things that fall under my portfolio where we take uh, freshman students of same or similar major and we pre-build schedules for them where they have the same 24 other students in all of their courses. And all of that is anchored by a course called GSU 1010, which is a course that we design that teaches them the ins and outs of college, how to do well. And I'm, I'm so happy to hear you guys sing the praises of it because the aggregate data for the past 15 years show students who go through FLCs do markedly better in yep. every statistical measure than those that don't. And it's because of these things that you all mentioned. And that's Do an design. FLC. If you're a high schooler listening to this, going to Georgia State, do an FLC. Like, is it, it not required? It is required. Yeah, it is required. It, it, oh, never mind, you It is required. It is required. I, I don't think all universities I, have it. I didn't no, know it was so, Which is a bummer. And not all, not all do it with the level of sophistication oh, that yeah. we do. Oh, yeah. Once again, GSU coming out on top. <laughs> As always. 
Um, I don't know. Okay, maybe I mean maybe as we wrap up, like what is what is something else you would like to add? Like how what how would you like what so, do you so not what, want these people to forget? Well, let me or leave let us me turn something. it around on you three since you Ooh, three wait. are going. Oh yes, yes. Uh-uh, don't press no button. I want to no because it's like a button <laughs> okay. that makes a sound. But I forget. It's okay. Oh, ben can add it. Ben can add it. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. So uh, uh, and it's a big pressure on all three of you, but you're representing your whole generation and college students at large. I know that you're worried. I know that you're stressed because I could feel it. Give it to me. You what, can what, feel the tension in I the could room. Feel it. I could feel the angst yeah. in your generation. I, I want to help. And we all want to help because we were there. What can we do? What can I do? What can I say? What can we do together in these different generations that we're in? I'll start with this. One thing, and I don't think this is my full answer. This is just a part of it. But I think one thing that tends to always get under my skin, and I think a lot of... Um, like people in our generation skin too, Gen Z, if you will, mm-hmm. um, is that the times have changed so much from 20 years ago, 30 years ago, when our higher ups were in college. And I think that that kind of gets lost a little bit. Um, so I think now, like, so much more is expected of us. Um like this generation is under so much more pressure. Um, I feel like there's a lot, maybe I I haven't looked at the statistics, but I feel like there's a lot more job competition because the economy, (laughs) um, uh, I keep hearing over and over again, how like people in our generation will not be able to buy a home. Um, college was a lot cheaper. Um, the cost of getting a degree was so much cheaper 30 years ago when a lot of like CEOs and executives were in, were in school and politicians too. Um, so I just think one thing that gets under my skin is like how, I don't know, I guess in a way it feels so much more harder for us to get there because I feel like there's so much more work now. And I, that's not to like devalue anybody else's efforts who have gotten that to that position, but I think a lot of times it feels like, well, uh, college costs one dollar when you were when you were, <laughs> when you were there. So like, of course I get, yeah. of course I, um, of course you have all these degrees because, uh, but um, no, yeah. And I just think there's there's a lot like there's a lot. It feels like there's a lot more hoops to jump over to get to get there. Um, yeah, and I don't think that's my full answer, but that's just that's what great. comes to mind. That's great. I think higher ups, I'm thinking in more professional settings, um, career oriented, is that higher ups need to understand, need to have more compassion toward newer employers and employees and this generation, I think. Mm-hmm. Because like as Sarah said, times have changed a lot, not just in terms of the economy and what yeah. is like fiscal like what we're physically physical, fiscally fiscally <laughs> able to do um but just like this new wide range of like diversity that's going into different like um corporations like in jobs like we're seeing like a lot I know it's still like very very marginalized but the amount of people that are graduating who are not white and going yeah. into these predominantly white industries our higher ups white are still dominated. white yeah, yeah. Our, our our higher ups are still white and 
um, I think a lot of the time there's a big disconnect between understanding like, oh, you're, you have to, we're going to treat you like how I was treated when we first came in. Like, no compassion. You're out of college. <laughs> you're straight into the game. Um, it's a doggy dog world. It's a doggy dog world. <laughs> I actually thought that phrase was called doggy dog world. I didn't realize it was it dog similar dog. But I said it wrong and once and everyone was like, <gasps> Why did you say that? <laughs> no, but um, I think that's my big complaint is that I think more industries need to have more um, like, what is it called? Like anti-racism training for mm -hmm. sure. Sure, true. Because if you want to, let's be real. Like if you want to expand the market, if you want to like keep up with the times, like we're coming for y'all's jobs in the way <laughs> that y'all might not think of it. You know, we're trying, we're graduating college. We're doing this, we're doing that. And it's just like, I get really anxious thinking about my post-graduation plans and thinking about how I'm probably going to have a white um higher up who isn't gonna understand when i say something or isn't gonna be compassionate towards yeah. me and that's i think one of like my things that i really hope that older generations especially white people will take the time to be more compassionate and even if you're not white too it's like things are changing we yeah. should be we are valid to ask for more compassion we yeah. are we should be able to receive it and if that means like changing your views then so be it. You have to establish a good work environment. Like, yeah. I'll quit a job if, like, it, the environment's not good. True. Um, I'm going to say I, I hope from my higher-ups that there's more flexibility for my generation in terms of being able, to, or in terms of where works where they expect work to be in our life, like where they expect it to stand like, in our life. Oh yeah, because it is not um, a priority. Yeah, because like the generations before us, it was like they lived to work, they lived to work, and like yeah. with uh, with newer people, people in Gen Z, I feel like we don't look at jobs like that. We value other things just as much, if not more, than just our career. Yeah, and especially with like the pandemic, like being like people. We, we saw, like, the merge of our home and work and school life. So I feel like we're going to have, like, a our standards are going to be higher for our jobs in terms of, like, where it's going to stand in our life. Yeah. No, I'm actually so glad you touched on that because that, that has me think that the pandemic has had me thinking about that, too, is, like, our jobs, like, yes, they should take like there should be a level of priority with that in our lives. Cause of course that's how um, you can sustain yourself. But I think so many jobs too. Um, and I, and I feel like this is like across all sectors of society, like expect you to live for your job or your job should be like the, take the front seat in your entire life. And like, and this just go, this just has me thinking about, when I was interning, um, I don't know if I should say the name, but it was a, it was a major nonprofit here um, in Atlanta. But um, just the amount of work that my supervisors would have to do like over the weekend and like during times where they should have been resting and just like, like, you, like it just, oh, I don't know, like just so much is like, like you're just, I feel like you're expected to devote like your entire life to your job as if you don't have a life outside of it. And I think that's one thing that 
I think our generation in particular is kind of like, no, like we're going to set boundaries because it's not going to be like this. I think we're hyper aware of burnout now. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hyper sure. aware. And when it comes to starting college, starting college, um, re going to classes this fall, we're going to be very cautious about our limits mm -hmm. and very aware of what where our mental health should stand I think is something yeah. that we've learned and I, it's like man my work ethic is a lot different than it was like a year ago a year ago I would have devoted my entire life to something like to a job but now every waking hour <laughs> every waking hour and now I'm like, no, bro. Like I respect myself. Yeah. I, I, I've <laughs> learned to take time for myself. Bro, I just came back from New York this weekend, and I was in Florida two weeks before yeah, that. And I was in New worldwide. and I was in LA a month before that. I and I and I'm like and I tell my boss, like, I will not be working these days. I do not care that this is my third vacation. <laughs> because it's like it's now or never, and we're really learning how to take care of ourselves, and we're hyper aware of burnout, and we need to know where our limits are. And I and I will say, this is a very like American um, type of perspective too, because I I know that the culture is different in other parts of the world. Like they value leisure time, or they 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 value leisure time. They allow people to have vacation days that are longer than two weeks. Um, so I know that this is a very, like, American-centric mindset that we have. But, yeah, I mean, I just feel like that's so important. Like, so important for higher-ups, if you will, to kind of understand that from from their new generation of employees, basically. If they want to keep us, they yeah. have to act like they want us. Yeah. <laughs> I saw a poll on LinkedIn that said, um, that was like, what new... Rule, not rules um what new policies like what would you change about the current work environment in the united states and the biggest answer it was a multiple choice like poll biggest answer was a four-day work week oh, everyone really? wants a four-day yeah. week work week where Period. where was it that they were like testing vacation that in days too. ireland was it Iceland? I have no idea. I have no idea. Like, there was, like, a big European. study for, like, the past, like, 10 years, and apparently, like, the productivity is actually... Yes, yeah, I remember that. And like is, like, more productive. Cool. Again, we go back to burnout. Like, it's <laughs> going back to burnout because... And then we're going back to school in the fall, and, I, like, I'm t doing a four-day school week. <laughs> like, I'm not... I mean, I will be. You know what I mean? Like... It's really like I've made my schedule in a way where I'm I'm really hyper aware of everything we've gone through this past year. And I'm like, I'm not going to burn myself out like I have for the past three plus four plus five plus whatever years. Yeah, I agree with every statement presented. <laughs> Give us a four day work week <laughs> and a twenty dollar minimum wage. Well, I, let me maybe respond to some of those and then if it's okay with you I was thinking I could take a moment to give some specific kind of do these things because you know yeah. yeah so many times oh well try your best keep it yeah. and, and I think I've done some of that too so I do want to wrap maybe with some pinpointed things help me because you know me I'll, I'll go on a tangent and I'll forget <laughs> so I, I hear you I hear what you're saying with all of that um, I've got a couple kind of things I want to add to to it um, I would say that kind of what we talked about earlier where we're in this together and we're not each other's competition. 
I think your generation is very well suited to carry that type of mindset into the future of the workplace. And I hope that you would, because, you know, I, I hear what you're saying, but if we were to lean in that way a little bit more, there, there would no longer be a they, whether it's whomever, if that makes sense. They are doing this. To, there is no they, because if we don't work together, we're going to, we're just going to do the same thing that they did. Because if we see our peers as competition all the time, they become they with the big T. Um, in terms of the four-day work week, we were talking about jobs. I hear you loud and clear. I hear you loud <laughs> and clear. I also want to add that I think a lot of college students are in a position in their life where they have a job. And a job is different than building a career. Those, those are two different things. And building a career, this is why it's important to want to learn these things. Uh, you know, earlier I was talking about my career growth. I, I enjoy the work that I do. Uh, it's still work. That's why they call it work. And there are days that just for me, like anybody else, that are stressful. And I got to find a parking spot downtown Atlanta and all that happens to me too. But it's not a job. It's not me doing a task. It's me I get, I know it sounds cheesy, but I get to chip away at a problem that will never be solved. And that's awesome. You have to find the unsolvable problem. I mean, you have to find the thing that your job that you may have today as you're listening to this is not the thing that gets you excited to get out of bed. But I get excited even though it was raining earlier and there's traffic that I get to, I get to chop away at a big problem. Uh, so now maybe we could talk about just some specific things that I would advise people, some practical things that they could do. So the first couple are technological in nature. You know, um, I'm sure you've heard of LinkedIn. Students, if you're not on LinkedIn, you want to be there. I know it's old. I know it's been around a long time. I know it's not particularly amazing, but that's where everybody is. That's where I am. Many of you, I think, are connected to me on LinkedIn. Um I am active and, and the people my age looking for talent are there. Uh, I have had a lot of opportunities actually come my way uh, via LinkedIn uh, because I make myself open and I am the f I, I, I give first. So I, I try to nominate other people's skills. I write recommendations for people. I put out that good karma. It always comes back, uh, and, and, and in the most random ways, I, I promise you. If you're a current college student or even in high school and LinkedIn doesn't fully match up because you haven't had a bunch of career meaningful work apart from whatever your job is, uh, I know here at Georgia State University, our students have access to Portfolium, which is a software tool that is similar to LinkedIn, but it helps you translate the things you're doing in class to skills that employers will want in the future. You could showcase a really good paper. You could talk about a skill. You could have another student comment on it. And that's something that I know for certain our students have. And one that I always tell my students to use is Glassdoor. If you're not on Glassdoor, I highly recommend you get on Glassdoor because it is just that. It's a Glassdoor into companies, interviews, salaries, what people say, positive or negative, about companies, what the CEO uh, is like, what the benefits are like. And that's an example of people coming together, realizing this information is good for everyone, so why not? Uh, you know, people will be honest, I, I didn't get the job, but here's how the interview went for me. It didn't cost them anything, but now it's going to help the next person because 
It just didn't fit. And, and you'll be amazed what you could learn about organizations, companies. They rank all kinds of companies. Going back to earlier, compassionate, having some more compassion in your careers. Much of this lack of compassion comes from our focus on the bottom line. Well, what's the annual salary? What am I going to get paid a month? There's a heck of a lot more ways to measure. When you have a job, you're giving your time for compensation, largely. There's a big piece to compensation. There is what is their time off policy? Uh, will they invest in me through my education? Can I work from home? There's a lot of things to look at, look at than just the bottom line. What's the culture like? Uh, do they uh, ascribe to certain uh, goals that are near and dear to my heart? I mean, those things actually matter. And it should look like a relationship between you and whatever organization. And then the last thing I'll say is, I think a lot of us have forgotten how to be entrepreneurs. We, we too quickly wanna run into what is gonna be the job that I'm gonna have at what company doing what thing for what period of time, and what's the salary gonna be? One of the things that we try not to tell you too often in college, but we hope that you're picking up, is a big skill is how to think, how to learn, how to critically analyze things, how, how to look at the world, find a problem, and provide a unique solution. Because that's really what the formula is for success, whether it be financial, whether it be impactful. Um, I'm old enough to remember life before iTunes. Mm -hmm. And it was a pain in the neck to get music. And now it's, t it's a totally different industry because somebody found a problem in a niche and put themselves there and low-key changed the world. That, 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 that's never what they, when you set out, I wanna make a million dollars, it's gonna be real hard. But when you wanna do something awesome and you wanna work toward that for a while, it will take you someplace you never would have thought. I never would have thought I would have been sitting here with you three <laughs> because I went to Conyers High School at a lunchroom visit when I was 20-something years old. Uh, wow. Um, so there you go, some specific things. And learn everything you can, you know, learn everything you can, meet everyone you can. Um, it's just, it's mathematics. Everybody you meet, that's a seed that you planted. Um, everybody, if you're within three feet of somebody, say hello. Even, I mean, not if it's a, a suspicious character in a suspicious <laughs> place. But apart from that, just say hello. You don't have to stop or anything like that. Get yourself used to communicating and putting yourself out there. People will catch your energy and, and you will be amazed. Wow. Thank you so much for that. Thank you, Wonderful. Thank advice. you all. Thank you so much for being here. I know this conversation was really fun. It was. I and feel so much better <laughs> about <laughs> everything. It's like we wanted to make this podcast to help out other people, but on the way there, we're getting our help. Help ourselves, yeah. I mean. Oh, yeah, for sure. No, yeah, this has been so great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you to everyone um, who is listening to. Yeah. We just, we, I mean, I, for one, am looking forward to see where you end up because I know you're only doing big things and you're only going to become Mr. Big Shot. Like, he only gets bigger. Yeah, he only, <laughs> he only gets greater. So thank you. Just thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to just sit with us and talk about, like, things that people – in our situation just like have been like just the questions that we've had like I know so many people in my position that are feeling the same way about college about going into a career 
and there's not so many opportunities to be able to talk to somebody who's gone through it that can give genuine advice. So we really appreciate it. Seek out people who are senior. Seek out the people who are doing what you want to do. Work for free. Do it. Do anything. Just 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 meet people. Get out there. And and folks, you're already there. We just haven't got there in time yet, but you're already a success. It, it's already happened. Somewhere there's a future version of all of you, and you've already done it. Because think about how far you've come. Think about on your worst day before today, would you ever think you'd be as great as you are today? Think about that worst day and look at you now. So I'll just do the math. It's going to happen tenfold for everybody. Everybody listening, you've already made there. Just uh, time hasn't got caught up with you yet. Oh, well, that's a perfect way to close out. Right. Thank you. Thank you.